We're continuing with our final week in our January series of Everyday Epiphanies. We've been talking about the many different ways in which God is active in our lives that sometimes, whether it's because we get busy or because we get so familiar with these things, we start to, to, to lose focus on. We start to uh, let slip by our attention. But when we spend time with Jesus in the Gospels, we start to be taught, just like he taught his disciples, the truths that are relevant and true in our daily lives, the ways that he interacts with us, the ways that he transforms us into being more like him, the characteristics about Jesus that make him who he is, the great teacher, the great physician, the miracle worker, the one who brings about rescue for a lost people to bring them back into a relationship with their creator. This week, we continue in that and we finish off this series before we jump into our next series for February, The Heart of Humility. And so today we're talking about Luke chapter 4. Jesus is, uh, he's been walking around, working around, doing ministry in the area that he grew up in. Uh, Towns like Capernaum and Galilee. And the people in this region have built up a reputation around him. And so we're going to hear about how he is this great teacher who great crowds follow around. He exhibits power over all kinds of uh, diseases, over evil. And at the end of this story, we hear a charge from him about how he can't stay in one place. He was called to share good news with many towns and many people, and that still is true for us today. But before we get into the text, I want to remind you of this amazing story that took place just a couple of weeks ago in California. A single prop engine a plane needed to make an emergency landing, and it landed on top of some railroad tracks. And the pilot didn't know this, but a train was coming down the tracks at at top speed toward him. And he had crashed his plane because of some equipment malfunction. And he was unable to get out of the plane himself. So local fire department and police department workers responded to the emergency situation by uh, coming to the scene and rescuing the pilot of that plane seconds before, the instant before, the train crossed the tracks and totally destroyed the plane. If you see the video, if you've heard this story, or if you've read the news articles, you know just how amazing of an event this truly is. And it's the kind of thing that gets you so excited, you can't believe that it happened. And so you enter into conversation with others about it, telling them, did you hear about this amazing story? Did you hear about the fact that this man was saved? Can you believe that the, pl- that the train wasn't able to be stopped? Can you imagine what must have been going through his heart and mind in the moments that he was rescued from that a crazy situation? You see, this is a natural part of how we live human life. We, we want to share amazing things we've seen, whether it's a, uh, a seemingly miraculous rescue from a plane and train collision, whether it's an amazing last shot in an NBA finals game, whether it's a simply a, a new, a, maybe a new recipe you've come across that's way more delicious than you could have imagined. We share the things that we find to be exciting and powerful with the people around us. Today we're going to focus on how Jesus displays great power. And when we come into interaction with Jesus, we can't, uh, we can't help but be uh, transformed into people that want to share that great news with others. So listen to these stories from Luke chapter 4. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed every one. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, You are the Son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. 
the crowds searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. So he continued to travel around, preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. In this short story, we come across Jesus displaying his power in two, in two important ways. Uh, He had been in Capernaum, a city close to the Sea of Galilee. He had been teaching in the synagogues, and and in the story before this one, in that that gospel chapter, he casts out a demon that was interrupting the the, the teaching happening in the synagogue at that time. This evil spirit who had possessed a person was shouting out at Jesus, and he said, come out of that man, and the the evil spirit obeyed. We see that happen again in this story. But but, um, put right between those two events is this healing of of Simon's mother-in-law. Simon was one of the followers of Jesus. He became known as Peter, one of the greatest disciples. And so he got to see firsthand the healing power of Jesus. And this produced great uh, stories being told about who Jesus was and the things that he did. People all around that region wanted to know who this great teacher was. What was it that made him able to perform these great miracles? And you could, you could hear it. There was a verse in there where the demon said, you are truly the son of God. And Jesus, for whatever reason, he silenced these evil spirits from, from exclaiming who he was. Now we know as we read through the Gospels that Jesus was waiting to reveal his glory until the time picked out by his father in which, uh, at, at which time the, the truth of who he was was going to be communicated and shared with the whole world. But prior to that time, Jesus was uh, beginning to preach the message to the Jews first, to, to the, the, the people of God that he was the coming Messiah. He was teaching them what the scripture said about the coming Savior. He was, he was showing them his power through these miracles. And he was exclaiming the power of God over evil by casting out these evil spirits. Jesus displayed great power. And when people saw it, when people witnessed it, when people experienced that great power, they wanted to uh, get more of it and they wanted to share it with the people around them. It's similar uh, when we come across people who are very strong in their faith today. Maybe you know someone in your life who is walking through an extremely difficult time or maybe recently or in the past has gone through something challenging. Maybe it's a cancer diagnosis. Maybe it's broken relationships. Maybe it's someone who is uh, seemingly uh, never catching a financial break. And yet through each of those storms in life, they cling firmly to the faith that they have in Jesus. It's amazing that we know our Creator. We know our Savior. He has introduced Himself personally to us through the testimony of His disciples that remembered the teachings that He shared. We know our Savior. And He promises that when we cling to His words, when we cling to His message, that there is more than simply the the pain of this life to hope for. We can make it through these trials even if they overwhelm us, even if they're too much for us to handle, even if they show us time and time again that we are imperfect, that we are, uh, that we are, that we are plagued with weakness, that we can't make it on our own. If anything, those difficult times are a way in which we are able to communicate to the people around us that though we are never going to be enough to be able to handle all of the difficult things we face in this life. We're never going to be strong enough to overcome every single illness that comes our way. We're never going to be uh, such a great person that we're going to have totally pain-free relationships. We're never going to be so intelligent enough that we never make a bad decision. Even though we struggle with our imperfections, we have the testimony that a great and perfect God who sent his son has a relationship with 
with us. So when we look to those people who have those great testimonies, who cling to their faith in the toughest of circumstances, we see a person who is so sure in their faith, they they have witnessed the power of Jesus, that it's enough for them to know they have an eternal relationship with God, that whatever faces them in this life, nothing can take away the great joy and hope that they have in an eternal life with God. They can serve Him and, and enjoy His presence for eternity. For far, below, far, far longer than, than any of these uh, pains may face us in this life. Even if they seem to face us for decades and decades, God has promised a relationship that's going to last with his people for eternity, forever. So when we see these stories about Jesus' power in the Old Testament, we recognize that his, in, the, in the Gospels, in the Old and New Testament, I should say, we recognize that that same power is displayed even today. The great teaching that Jesus taught that gathered great crowds to him. We all know that uh, even in this digital format, millions of people are gathering to hear Jesus' teaching even today because of the great wisdom that it holds and the great truth that it has for people who live in a broken world. We know that he exhibits power over illness and evil because we see those steadfast people standing in the midst of lives crashing down around them, clinging to the promise that the relationship with God is going to last forever. The Apostle Paul, one of the great missionaries in the early church, had something to say about this too in 2 Corinthians. Listen to these verses. Paul says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear to us that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are oppressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. Paul's writing this letter to a church that's living in a place where the church is facing all kinds of persecution and social pressure. These people that choose to, that, that, that chose to trust in the promises of God after they were called to him by the Spirit were entering into a relationship with God that would make their earthly lives significantly more difficult than it seemed like they were before. And yet Paul reminds the people that though it might seem like this world is crushing them down, that they are being uh, uh, perplexed, that they are being stressed, that they are being punished, God is with them through the midst of those challenges because he has promised to raise us up just like he raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago. He's going to raise up those who trust in the promises of God as well. It's no, uh, it's no secret that the life of a Christian is a difficult one at times. And it's no secret that maybe even Christians' lives are more difficult because they put their trust in a truth that goes beyond this lifetime rather than in the short-sighted, immediate, uh, immediate comforts of this world. And yet, through it all, and yet through it all, we know that the power of God, which is present in our lives because of the work of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit, is enough to carry us through the troubles of this life. And so when we listen to Jesus' words, we know that he gives us that same command with which he explained his, uh, his touring around to the people of Capernaum. They begged him to stay longer and he said, there are other towns where I need to share this great news. You and I hear that same verse as an instruction to us as well. It's not enough for us to keep this great hope contained in our own hearts. 
We may want to keep this truth to ourselves. We may grow comfortable with the great news that it is for us, but it's, it, was, it was communicated to us that we might participate in God sharing it with others. And when we recognize the great power that Jesus has in our lives to carry us through the great sufferings we may, uh, we may experience, we know that we can extend that same hope and same joy to people who are going to be facing troubles in their lives as well. God didn't come to just make our lives easier. He didn't come just to make us feel better. He came to give us a lasting hope in the face of what seems like insurmountable troubles in this life. He knows that there's more to who we are as people, as his children, than what this life has to offer. And that's something that we can't keep quiet about. 